Hey guys, real quick, jumping into the podcast to do a little fun contest right now. Take a screenshot of your phone right now of what you're listening to this moment, this exact moment, and post it on Instagram and or Twitter and use the hashtag GV Podcast Winner. GV Podcast Winner. One of you that actually listens to my podcast is gonna be flown into New York City and be on my podcast. So, if you're listening right now on the podcast, obviously you are, you're about to listen to today's episode, but this little interception fun thing that I love to do is now official. Take a screenshot of your phone right now and then post it on Instagram and or Twitter and use the hashtag GV Podcast Winner. Good luck. Hey guys, it's Gary Vay, Nerdchuck, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. This is Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 251 of the Ask Gary V Show. Pretty excited about this because I'm a huge NBA fan and we have a real life NBA player here with us. Mason Plumley is here. I'm gonna give him a second to uh, tell everybody uh, about himself, but you also are noticing no phone today. We've decided to go old school on the Ask Gary V Show. I put out a tweet. We got some questions. Andy K, it's your chance to finally be India. I'm happy for you. This is something you've wanted for three or four years. I've seen the notes back and forth. You know, DRock showed me a text a couple years ago said something like, what the fuck, why does Indy always get to do this? So this is a big moment for you as well, my friend. I'm happy for you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Mason, why don't you tell uh, the Vayner Nation uh, a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, you know, so I, obviously I play basketball. Um, from Indiana originally, went to high school and college in North Carolina. Uh, spent my first two years with the Brooklyn Nets, two years, year and a half with the Portland Trailblazers, and then I was traded to Denver um, February um, this season. So. Uh, you know, I'm going into restricted free agency um, this off season, so I'm looking forward to that. And um, you know, basketball is my passion. It's what I do. It's what I. Um, it gets it gets me out of bed in the morning. I don't have to uh, think about it. I just love it, and um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So that's that's my story, and that's how I'm here. It's a couple things. Tell me about. Um, so first of all, having being able to do what you love is like the greatest, right? Yeah. What outside of the basketball world, like when we start going into the Mason sphere of interest that's out of that? Yeah. Entrepreneurship, sci-fi, food, like talk, yeah. give me some context here yeah. uh, and the viewers at home. Two things that I've really been drawn to, um, one being real estate. I've enjoyed uh, different real estate projects that I've done with partners. Um, did a couple here in Jersey when I lived in Jersey and then um, some in Washington State when I lived in Oregon. But um, so real estate has been uh, very interesting to me. Um, you have like an awesome business model figured out, right? I play in a new market, buy up, right? Yeah. So. You like want to get traded and do stuff in free agency just to yeah. build your real estate <laughs> empire. No, I, honestly, I was. You always want to be the player like Kobe. That's one one, one franchise. Place. Your whole. Yep. If it doesn't happen, why not take advantage of being Pretty cool. Being so real estate business. has been interesting to you? Real estate's been And fruitful, right? I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about your career and how long you've been in the league. The real estate market has been really strong during those years. Yeah, for sure. And, and the thought- And so what, you buy things and rent out? Um, I've done rehab projects. I've done, uh, I've invested in other people's projects, but then also um, just starting to, to explore development with a, a partner that I have. So um, to me, it's, I've always wanted to take advantage of, like I have a, a window where I know I have contracts and money coming in, but NBA, you can't play for until you're 60. You can't play till till you're. Um, right, you're not golfing. Right, so uh, there's a, a finite time to a career, and I want to take advantage of 
the earnings that I have during this time and, and put aside some assets for when I retire. And not just earnings, right? Like, I mean, here we are sitting, obviously we got connected through you know, the interweavings of our organization, but you're obviously thinking about, you know, look, 40 million people email this place, like I want to be on the show. Obviously right. not only the dollars and what you can deploy, but having the platform of the NBA itself sure. that gives you opportunities. How are you thinking about the leverage of just the awareness and a brand or people willing to say yes to things while you're in the league? I think one of the things that I always tell players, I started a sports agency, we're starting to rep players. My brother AJ's running it. We're actually, today's a big day. We may have one of our first players ever get drafted. I tell them, Look, I, t- I remember this vividly. I told a kid right to his face, I go, look, the only reason I'm sitting with you is because you're a New York Jet. Right. And the Jets are my like heart and soul. I'm like, if you're a Bronco tomorrow, I'm gonna lose your number. And I, and I actually meant it, not like to razz him, because I was telling him he was acting like a dope, yeah. and he wasn't taking advantage of all the things he could be taking advantage of. Right. Um, you also, you know, it's funny, you said North Carolina, I played, you know, when you, you went to Duke, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Of one of the most popular co- like colleges in the world. Like there's just hundreds and thousands of people that are ruling the world that are willing to meet with you because you went to that university. Yeah. The access is insane. Yeah, and, and I had great veterans when I came in as a rookie in the league and uh, Kevin Garnett told me, he's like, look, you can, he's like, you can pretty much sit down or meet whoever you want to. He said, you just have to take the initiative to reach out to them and, and they'll take your call or whatever you want to do, they'll at least listen to you. Did he then punch you in the face? Cause that's how, cause he seems like that kind of character. No, he, okay. yeah, just want to make sure. Uh, no, but, but he was right and, and to that point too, he also made the point that he's like, once you're done playing, he's like, they probably aren't picking up. It's he's just like, you true. You might not get to sit down, you might not get the return call, whatever, but he was like, don't wait until you're 40. He was, I mean, he was playing with me when he was 30 <laughs> yeah, years I know, old. Yeah. He's like, don't wait till you're 40 to, to pick up the phone to um, you know, take advantage of the platform that you have. You know, it's funny, you just said that. One of the things that would be interesting is to think about not only the real estate arbitrage when you're in new markets, but the social graph, right? So like, like it's kind of interesting, like, right? Like who are the five to 25 men and women that you wanna meet when you're in Portland? Like literally when you get to trade to Denver, like is one of the processes, and this is for all the aspiring athletes out there or a- actual athletes, you know, okay, now I'm in Denver. Like literally, who are the 15 to 25 business or cultural leaders of Denver that I wanna meet and you can pull it off? Yeah. It's interesting, okay. How was Duke? Duke was great, man. I, I enjoyed it. I stayed all four years. Yep. You guys don't do that anymore. Yep. But <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it enough to stay. You're like a unicorn. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> um, but fun? No, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, had a great experience. The fan base life. is ridiculous, right? Fans are the best. Um, the most. What about when they're the pissed at you? Loved. Yeah, I mean. When they were pissed of, at you, were they tough or are they kind of like fully bought in and they've won so much and you guys have such like a winning, I always think that winning organizations yeah. are soft really. Yeah. You know, like when you're winning often, yeah. like they could only get like, when, when I get mad at a Jet player, uh-huh. I hate them with all my heart uh-huh. because we haven't won right. ever and so I'm like, I'm really fucking pissed at you dude. Like I want to win. Yeah. Whereas like with the Yankees when I won a bunch, I'm like, yeah, I'm mad at you but like we've won like so many championships, <laughs> like no big deal bro. Yeah, well you know, it, they had had a, a rough stretch before I got to school and then um, the group I was with my freshman year, we won the championship. I remember. So, um, it was a good, it was a good. You started season. off on the right foot. Yeah, and, then was, and then it was like the next three years <laughs> trying to get back to that and it, it never happened. So you, you know, you have to enjoy the moment and take it for what it is because it's not guaranteed to happen again. You go there one time in your freshman year, you're like, oh, this is just what happens. Knowing That's a lot, you know, case. knowing a lot of my f- fan base is a mix. I, I think some of them may not know a lot about you. Tell them a little bit about the family dynamics that I think are really intriguing with you. Yeah, so I have um, two brothers who play in the NBA as well. I have a little brother with the New York Knicks, and then I have an older brother with the Charlotte Hornets. 
Um, we all had one one year together in high school, one year together in college, but. Um, those are my best friends. I think I've always benefited from watching my older brother go through the same process that I'm about to embark on. Um, and then I've been able to help my little brother too. So it's been a, a great um, dynamic for me. And then also I have a little sister who um, she plays volleyball at Notre Dame. And now I'm just like a cheerleader because I don't know anything about volleyball. But Dude, um, I'm happy. Are for your her. parents like the greatest athletes of all time? <laughs> No, they were athletes. I, they weren't the greatest, but they, um, <laughs> they would tell you that too. But um, you know, we grew like up. it's crazy to think. Yeah. Like, forget about even having the DNA, the parenting, mm-hmm. the serendipity, yeah. the great fortune. Yeah. To have three boys in the NBA is so mind-bending. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you see a lot of brothers, a lot of twins, but yes, um, three is. Ha- we're has- happy when Marshall joined the the NBA family. Yeah. So. The the three. The three thing, how often has that happened? Three brothers one, one in the time. Which was? I think it was the Berries. Oh, right. In, uh, and their dad played, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so. That's just insane. It doesn't happen that often. Do you guys think like you'll eventually like go on the road like when you're retired and like it'll be all about, like th- there's something really there. Yeah. I'm serious. No, there, yeah, we could definitely do something fun. We, we've always talked about, um, you know, I think the, the best part about it is just spending our off season together and working out together. So I have my little brothers here, like I said, with right. the Knicks, and then my little my older brother likes New York too. So um, we you guys are setting up camp here. This yeah, yeah, Plum Who's the best player? Me. Every, but we all say that. So. But what's the true answer? It is right. Yeah. Like it. Like I would tell you the truth. Yeah, I believe you. All right, Andy, let's do this. This is your big moment. My big moment. What's the uh, What's the first question? From Jason Crocker, he says, "Dude dropped forty on me in high school." How early, did you, <laughs> how early did you decide to go all in on basketball and commit your life to that pursuit? Well, now I have a new career high in high school. So I, I don't know I have 40. Um, do you no. know what your career high in high school is? Of course you do. Yeah, I really, honestly, I really don't. You're I, that good? Was, Fuck. No, it wasn't that Dude, if, I, <laughs> wasn't if my that career high was, was like 17, I'd be like, seven. I, I would know everything. I'd be like, yeah, this kid, I crossed him over. No, I, I have to give a shout out to Christ School. I love my high school. It was an all-boys boarding school in North Carolina. But we had such a good group of guys. Like our whole, our first five all went and played in college. So it was such a fun team to be on. That our whole, our our goal every year is like, can we go undefeated? We really, we never got right. To you weren't, you weren't one of those guys that came up in high school where you were the guy dropping sixty four, right? Yeah. So I don't, you know, that's that's funny you asked that, but I didn't have forty in a game. But anyway, uh, <laughs> my my, you know, for me it was a passion early on. In Indiana, it's the game everybody plays basketball. And, sure, it's uh, religion. Yeah, it is. It really is like Texas. Are you a Colts fan? I am, yeah, Colts. Not not a Pacers fan, but Colts fan. Got it. Um, but growing up, like, oh, why not a Pacers fan? You know what? When I was that's when actually I first funny. Watching the NBA, yeah. like it was always Utah and Chicago in the finals. Yeah. I, I love Chicago. I watch Jordan all the time. So you're like, a bandwagon Bulls fan? Yeah, I was Northwest Indiana though, so I was close to Chicago. That's how you decided to justify that? And they were winning. I know what they were doing. <laughs> all right, so what did you just, so was it from birth you were all in? No, I mean, when I was young and, and just playing at recess on the playground with my brothers. Um, were you always ridiculously tall? No, I wasn't always tall. And okay. I think that's the, you know, in the NBA, not the NBA, but in basketball a lot, you get the guys who are tall, so they're like, well, I'll play basketball, I'll put this to use. But it was always a passion of mine um, from when I was little, and it's not something that I decided to do because of I, I ended up being tall. So. So when did you go all in? Um, all in, honestly, to me, the first, the first, I would say, business move concerning basketball was when I decided to leave my home and go to a boarding school. Because up until then, sure. you know, I, I loved it. I, I would just go and play for the fun of it. But and when was like, that? Um, I, I did that my sophomore year of high school. But did you I'm have like, a big freshman year? 
I, I didn't have a big freshman year. I, I played uh, varsity and JV at my hometown high school. Did you and, grow in that summer like a machine? Uh, no, I was like six, seven, six, eight my freshman year. So <laughs> it was, I was already it just, to me, that was. I like, love the. He's like, you know, it's your own reality, right? He just hangs out with seven footers all day. I get it. Yeah, but to me, that I was mean, going all in because I didn't. Jake's like, fuck. It's, it's basketball was for fun, and that was the first sacrifice made toward the career, so. Let's move on. Cool. Ottawa Hoops asks Ottawa Hoops? Yep. How can student athletes use social media to monetize their brand? Ooh. I'll jump in on this one. Yeah. Um, so, so I think I think the NCAA is ridif- ridiculously difficult to navigate, and I have real venom towards it. And I don't know every detail. I have real venom towards it because I also grew up in the wine business, where the laws are ridiculous and not practical and are archaic. And then it gets even worse when you really look under the underbelly of why the rules sit there. So I think student athletes have to be careful because they can lose that eligibility, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, so. were you always scared? Like that, yeah. like it was always yeah. like a bad cloud, right? Yeah. And, and Coach K was like, "Don't fuck up." Right. No, yeah. You don't. You don't want to mess up his program. He's not going to like that. But the, that's the thing. The, the regulations, the rules. You don't. You almost. You, you shouldn't be trying to monetize. Your you can't. Because you can't. Hit you over the head but that's why I haven't. So. That's why I have an answer. What your job to do is to really build. If you care about that, if you're that entrepreneurial, and if you're in, you're a javelin, yep. you know, and you're in volleyball. Yep. There's no women's professional volleyball league that's going to pay your sister the kind of money the boys made. Right. So if she's thinking about the entrepreneurial level, what you do while you've got that attention, or if you're the 11th guy at Indiana State and you don't think you're going to the NBA, what I think when you have that attention is you build a fan base. You don't monetize it. You build the platform. The way to do that, whether you're a superstar player or the 11th guy on Indiana State is to engage. Now, if you're a superstar player and you're going to Duke, you're probably worried about your class, you're worried about the program, so you probably have less time. If you're 11th guy at Indiana State, you probably have more time, and so you've gotta just pull levers, but it's about engagement. Again, I, I don't, I'm a hot on this because I just, it's a Larry Bird reference and you, I didn't want to use Indiana. Like, I just thought it was funny. So if you're Indiana State, 11th guy, yeah. right? Every single person that references your game on Twitter is something you can engage with. Maybe you didn't play, but it would be really funny if Tyler's like, you guys suck tonight, and you jump in and are like, yo, bro. They'd be pumped because they actually watched that game, that context building. Now all of a sudden you leave school with 80,000 followers uh, where you would have had maybe 1,500 if you didn't give a crap, and now all of a sudden you are tweeting out looking for opportunities this summer. That's where you're at your height because you just went through the program and six or seven leads come in and away you go. That's really the only way within the rules of the NCAA. Agreed. Move on. Uh, Rodney. Rodney. Rodney Pete? His his handle is DJ. Do you know who Rodney Pete is? Just yes or no. Do you know who Rodney Pete is? No. Rodney Pete? No. Rodney Pete? Rodney Pete? Rodney Pete? Rodney Pete? Rodney Pete? Sorry, Rodney. USC right. quarterback, went to the Lions, had a nice career. Um, these youngsters don't Lions, know Rodney. Man, you should know the Lions. He's Come on, Rod- Detroit. We're here. My family's from Michigan. I'm a big You're a big disappointment, man. <laughs> Let's move on. What did the NBA teach you about basketball that you can apply to marketing or branding on social media? Let me answer that. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, well, so the first thing they do is they sit you down and show you what you can get fined for. <laughs> but surprisingly, a lot of the stuff, as I was watching what guys got in trouble for, all that stuff uh, created such buzz and got them a lot of following. So it's kind of like, hey, you're like, like, the arbitrage you're, was worth it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. to me, the, the best advice that they gave us was um, be yourself, 
don't make every post about a pro, uh, product pitch or you know you right away so you get um as soon as you come out of the league or as soon as, you, as soon as you finish um university then you can accept money for like then you can Sneakers. start monetizing right so um right away you're gonna have people hey tweet this pitch my product whatever i'll pay you sports That's, cards yes it's good and well but you don't want your um social media to be flooded with that um you just want to be genuine be who you are um i think it's also good to share you know don't just reply to to tweets and whatever after wins you know be the same person wins and losses don't go into a hole um you know depending on the situation so be I careful who you're rep- genuine, responding to and authentic. how yeah be um always you know respond to real people i think there are a lot of a lot of people hiding behind different accounts out sure. there um stuff like that yeah dunk so uh <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding tell me talk to me about talk to me about the biggest thing you learned yeah in your first season in the nba nothing to do with marketing just yeah. macro learning you know this has probably been on your mind right. you know as a little kid then definitely got more serious after your freshman year of high school yeah. here it is this is it you're in the league yeah. What's the biggest thing you learned in year one? Kevin obviously sat down and yeah. gave you some good advice. You had some good bets on that yeah. team that you stumbled into. Great bets. But like yeah. what, like macro, like. To me, the the biggest thing I took away is um, there's so much, like I came from a college where there was stability. Coach K was my coach every year. Um, I have, for the most part, similar teammates every year. The NBA and, you know, I talked to my friends with other jobs. Um, there's so much turnover. There's so much, um, unpredictability like I went into work I went into practice one morning and they said hey GM wants to talk to you hey you're going to Denver okay cool <laughs> so you're, you you can't control your situation you can, you know I'm you gonna can do control. that to D-Rock tomorrow I'm like you know what <laughs> you've been traded to the Chattanooga office <laughs> but it's crazy yeah, right like you no. have to pick up your whole life yeah like there's so. a lot of great things that comes along with professional sports and I'm yeah. sure the veterans tell you once your family kicks in right right your okay. daughter loves her school in Denver and now you're in Sacramento. Yeah, so I, I think the, the best piece of advice that I got from those guys and I watched it happen on that first team is, you know, no matter what's happening around the game, have the same work habits, have the same approach to practice, to the games, to shoot around, to film session. Have an approach that you believe in, that you can stick to, and Everywhere. it's not gonna change regardless of what. Have you done that? Absolutely, yeah, I have. I mean, I'm only four years in, but I- But I you're on three like teams in four years. Three teams in four years, uh, four different head coaches, so. I, I feel like I have found a routine and something that I believe in that I can continue to grow and get better regardless of the situation. Was it easier to walk into the Denver locker room after experience being the new guy in the Portland locker room? Yeah, for sure. Was Absolutely. that weird and scary? Um, I mean, everything everything's, I would say, unpredictable. You don't yeah. know what to expect. Yeah. Um, I was telling Will, actually, funny, when I went into the Denver locker room, they started playing a rap song, so now... I did a rap song, so everywhere yep. I go, people know funny for it. Which is, it's fine. I have, I have fun with it. So, um, you know, that, that lightened the mood. But anyway, that's like, cool. And also the NBA, you know, you know players on every team. So right. It, you went to yeah. you, in high school and college, things of that nature. Right. Right. So. Cool. Andy K. Cody Wheat asks, "What do people get wrong about professional athletes? What do you think the biggest misconception is?" I would say the biggest. The, I can tell you the thing that bothers me the most is when people talk about. Uh, athletes are stupid or dumb or whatever and they go broke because they don't know what they're doing. I've seen, I don't know anybody, all the players that I know are still in the league, but they don't, people have gone broke or they've lost, you know, what they've made out of, I've seen more, I could see it happening more from generosity That's exactly than from right. bad business moves. It's not. I'm so glad you said this. I apologize to cutting you off. I am stunned 
by that variable as we've just recruited our first class, you're exactly right. It's not that they're dumb, it's they, that they do so their inner circle, and, and, and listen, there's a lot of cliche, lower middle class, poor, you know, and, and it's like they wanna help, they've been, they've been praying to get through the system to this moment. You know, being rich, you can get injured. You know, coming from tough places, you could get into trouble. Like, I think that's exactly right, my yeah. man. They're, they're trying to do good. So much so, I don't know if you've seen this, I've already seen this. Some of these kids have to go through the very difficult decision of actually cutting off their world because literally all that's happening is there's, I've, I saw a kid with his cell phone and in 30 minutes get asked for tens of thousands of dollars from 11 different people. And it, it happens all the time. And, and it's not it's out It's a of, really it, good it, one. I'm glad you went there, man. People are so quick to say, bad, you know, bad business move, bad restaurant, bad this, bad that. It, I've seen more, I, the most generous people I've ever met have been teammates in the NBA, at, without a doubt. Now, there's also Antoine Walker who's out of his mind. Yeah. That's <laughs> I, know, I, know Antoine, Antoine, I know, I love, and by the way, on that note, I'm making that joke because I want to give him a compliment. What he's doing, right now for kids and like that are coming out of the league yeah. and you know it takes a lot of humility and listen I'm sure there's economics with it I don't know him but right, right. you know I'm sure he's getting paid and isn't hurting to get you know doesn't hurt to get the money but he's going in there saying look at me this is right. the like look what happened man made hundreds of millions of dollars oof Andy K <laughs> Andy felt that one this is good Sam Sam asks how are you able to stay positive when working towards your goals, ambitions, without improvement, without seeing improvement on a regular basis? Um, that to me, that's one of the hardest things. Um, you know, I think whether you do what part of your game was toughest for you. If you said yeah. at a macro, the thing that was hardest for you to develop in your game, yeah, that you can rewind to now. Like we're going very macro basketball right, right now. What what would that be? Well, I could say, like so last um, last summer I wanted to change the the way in which I shot the ball, my form. And, period. Period. Yeah. Well, that's so, like it's a little crazy. Yeah, and I well, it's it's, it's crazy it's if you have something. I always felt like this. Tiger Woods broke down a swing that had won Masters. <laughs> right. And, and he reworked it. Right. I wasn't breaking down. A shot that <laughs> I, was, I was breaking down a shot that didn't work. So I, I love like, it. I wanted to change my form, and so it's and? because. You know, it was very, there were a lot of times I didn't see progress. I didn't, you know, I got with the coach and we were in the gym every day and, and it was frustrating. Stuff felt awkward. It didn't, uh, you, have, you have muscle memory and habits that are hard to break if you've been doing them wrong for so long. So um, that was something that, that I, you know, I just fully committed to last summer. And, and? Uh, there were, like, he, like the question said, there were a lot of times where you. But where are we right things. now? You know, I felt, I feel very good. I'm still, I'm still in it. I'm still on that journey. I'm very happy with where my form is. Um, you know, I hit more jump shots this year than I have any year in the league. And that's, now I feel like I have a base and a form that I can build, build on, on top. and continue to improve. Andy, so. you should, you know, your jump shot has been, been struggling lately. Where are you right now with your game? I haven't been playing that much. Me neither. Dunk? How you feeling about yourself? You're very I athletic. Feel, I always feel good about it. Yeah, but game, blindly. Right? Yeah. How's the actuality of it? Good. You playing well? All right. So, Jake? I just haven't played in a while. Jake, how you doing? No, no basketball. No basketball. <laughs> I mean, if we go up against Mason. Sure. Uh, yeah, probably. listen, I'll give you a preview. You're going to lose. What makes you guys talking about Yoda? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it, Tell me. Like I said, it was a, I found a, a shooting coach. He's... Yoda's the name of a dude who's Tell a him shooting coach. Uh, oh, because you have to do all sorts of weird stuff, like close your eyes and like shoot backwards, like no, no, while you're no, elevated and eating it's Jello. Just, like it's just more, he's like a bald little 
great. You know how you get the great white line. Yeah. He made how? What's he has the record oh, for most? Yeah. So he doesn't. He didn't have like their shooting coaches in the NBA. Of course, this guy had no NBA. Right. Class. He's an unofficial kind he's of Yoda. Like old white little Steph Curry. Yeah. But I watched him, and the guy he made like I think fifteen hundred and three free throws in a row. So I was like, hey. I want to work you saw that. that. You saw that on YouTube, or you so, were like sitting there tying your yeah, shoes and watched an old white dude hit fifteen hundred and three free throws. <laughs> Just curious. He had the film of it. Got it. Got I, it. I, he can on, on the spot. If you walk in the gym, he'll rip you off a hundred in a row. And I was like, that's that's, <laughs> that's, inc- so that's incredible. Awesome. And um, we call him Yoda because he's little and bald and wise. What? And like, yeah. You know, yeah. So. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Good dude. Mason, I'm glad you stopped by, man. Thanks for having me. You get to ask the question of the day. You get to yeah. ask. Any question you want, macro, micro, basketball, life, entrepreneurship, interests, anything you want, uh, you'll get thousands of answers. It might be some good insight. Um, Fire away. Anything. Anything. Um, Man, Uh, what's the the best thing to do in New York over the summer that people don't know about? And don't tell me Hamilton because you can't get tickets to that. What's Why can't you get tickets? Cause they pay well in the NBA. They do, but so buy some fucking tickets, right, Mason. I'll, I'll buy some tickets. Okay, good. What's the What's the thing to do in New York in the summer that that people don't know about that you just have to do? How about that? Love it, my right, man. Well, thanks, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, you keep asking questions, we'll keep answering them. Podcast listeners, I really appreciate you giving me your ear. I respect it. I appreciate it. You want to one star this shit? Cool. But if you want to five star it, even better.